Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 2. In the news, the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan meet in Chisinau on the sidelines of the European Political Community Summit. Armenia applies to the ECHR requesting the court to indicate provisional measures for the protection of the rights of two Armenian soldiers captured by Azerbaijan. And a statement issued by the U.S. State Department causes a stir in Armenia and Artsakh. Yesterday, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev, European Council President Charles Michel, French President Emmanuel Macron, and the Chancellor of Germany Olaf Scholz held a meeting in Chisinau, Moldova, on the sidelines of the European Political Community Summit. According to the Prime Minister's press office, during the meeting, the unblocking of regional transport and economic infrastructures, border delimitation and border security between the two countries, the agreement on the normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, the need to address the rights and security of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh, as well as POWs, missing persons, and other humanitarian issues were discussed. On July 21, Pashinyan, Aliyev, and Michel are scheduled to meet again in Brussels, and the foreign ministers of the two countries are set to meet in Washington on June 12. At a meeting with the Armenian community in Moldova, Pashinyan described the discussions as positive. According to the prime minister, it seems like the sides are not against conducting the border border delimitation and demarcation based on the 1975 maps. Pashinyan and Aliyev had also met in Moscow on May 25 on the sidelines of the 30th session of the Supreme Eurasian Economic Council. The meeting was facilitated by Russian President Vladimir Putin. Since Azerbaijan is not a member of the Eurasian Economic Union, he was participating as a guest at the session. During the trilateral discussion, Pashinyan had an argument with Aliyev, taking issue with Aliyev's expression of the Zankezur Corridor. According to Pashinyan, the expression has been repeatedly used to make territorial demands on Armenia. He further stated that there is only one corridor mentioned in the November 9 agreement, and it is the Lachin Corridor, and that is illegally blocked by Azerbaijan instead of being under the control of the Russian peacekeepers. Pashinyan said that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor is a direct violation of the Trilateral Declaration and suggested that an international fact-finding mission be sent to Karabakh and Lachin Corridor. No statement was signed following the meeting, and since the end of the 2020 Artsakh War, all trilateral meetings arranged by Moscow between the leaders of the countries had always, you know, sort of concluded by signing statements. On May 29, speaking to parliamentarians, Prime Minister Pashinyan said that the discussion in Moscow could not be described as satisfactory. On May 26, Azerbaijan abducted two Armenian servicemen transporting food and supplies to a military post. The truck they were driving was found deserted on the road leading to the post. On the same day, Azerbaijani media outlets and the State Border Service of Azerbaijan disseminated misinformation, claiming that the Armenian side had attempted an infiltration and that two servicemen had been apprehended. Yerevan denied the accusation, stating that the fact that an assault rifle belonging to one of the soldiers was found inside the truck only proves that they could not have carried out any armed attack against Azerbaijani territory. The following day, Azerbaijani authorities announced that they had opened a criminal case against the two Armenian servicemen on charges of terrorism and smuggling. Armenia's foreign ministry called on Azerbaijani authorities to release the Armenian servicemen and fulfill their commitment to release all Armenian POWs in line with the trilateral statement of November 2020, describing the abduction of the Armenian servicemen as an attempt by Azerbaijan to deviate from its own obligations. On May 30, Armenia applied to the European Court of Human Rights
states, asking the court to indicate provisional measures for the protection of the rights of the two Armenian soldiers. Armenia has asked the court to ask Azerbaijan to provide information on the place of their detention and their health condition. The following day, the European Court of Human Rights requested Azerbaijan to provide information whether the two servicemen are being held in Azerbaijan by June 6, but this is after Azerbaijan already said they'd opened the right. court case against them. The court also asked for information on the status of the servicemen as well as their detention and health conditions if they are held in Azerbaijan. On May 28, Ilam Aliyev again threatened both Armenia and Artsakh during a meeting with new settlers in Lachin. He said that with the establishment of a checkpoint in the Lachin Corridor on April 23, Azerbaijan, quote, resolved the issue of territorial integrity once and for all. He added that now the movement from Armenia to Nagorno-Karabakh is fully controlled by Azerbaijan. Aliyev also said that the checkpoint should be a lesson for the Armenians living in the Karabakh region today and that Artsakh Armenia should understand everything and will come to live under the flag of Azerbaijan, end of quote. The Azerbaijani president said that the Book of Separation is closed and therefore there is only one option left to obey the laws of Azerbaijan to be a loyal and normal citizen of Azerbaijan. He also noted Gharapagh Armenians should, quote, throw the false attributes of statehood in the trash, that they should dissolve parliament and that the president of Artsakh should surrender and all ministers and parliamentarians should give up their positions. We are simply being patient. However, everyone knows perfectly well that we have all the opportunities to carry out any operation in that region, today Aliyev said. Regarding the talks with Qarabagh Armenians, Aliyev said there will not be another invitation since they refused the last invitation to Baku. He added that Qarabagh authorities can count on an amnesty only if they voluntarily put aside their false duties and apply for Azerbaijani citizenship. He also spoke about relations with Armenia, stating that after Armenia recognized Azerbaijan's territorial integrity, there were practically no serious obstacles in the way of a peace treaty. He added that it will be good if a peace treaty is signed, but even if it is not, Azerbaijan will not face any problems. He said, because we are the strongest side, we are the ones who have strong position at the negotiation table. We are the ones who have a strong position on the border. Even if the peace treaty is not signed, we will live comfortably and safely. Well, Yerevan and Stepanagert condemned Aliyev's statements. Armenia's foreign ministry described them as warmongering and aimed at nullifying the efforts of the Republic of Armenia and international partners directed at establishing peace, stability, and security in the region. The ministry said Aliyev, quote, again threatens Armenia with use of force and the people of Nagorno-Karabakh with ethnic cleansing. The statement noted that the recognition of Azerbaijan's territorial integrity cannot be interpreted as the authority to implement ethnic cleansing against the population of Nagorno-Karabakh and that with his remarks, Aliyev is preparing the ground for another aggressive action against the population of Nagorno-Karabakh and depriving them of the right to live freely, safely, and with dignity in their homeland. Artsakh's foreign ministry said Aliyev's statements contain a series of belligerent and provocative statements and noted that he has once again resorted to open threats and outright blackmail, denying the very possibility of any negotiation. The ministry said that the blockade of Artsakh and Azerbaijan's uh, statements show that Azerbaijan is not only unwilling to give up its policy of threats and violence, but is increasingly strengthening it against the backdrop of the inaction of the international community, including the international 
international mediators involved in the settlement process. It called on international actors to stop turning a blind eye to Azerbaijan's real motives and goals and an openly genocidal agenda. Nagorno-Karabakh's foreign ministry also said it considers absolutely unacceptable that the international community, and first of all Russia, leave Azerbaijan's threats to resume military operations against Artsakh without a proper and strong response, and called on international mediators represented by the OSCE Minsk Group co-chair countries and the European Union to, quote, move from words to action to prevent the realization of Azerbaijan's criminal plans and thereby demonstrate in practice their commitment to the fundamental norms and principles of international law. In a press statement issued on May 30, the U.S. State Department said it was pleased to see that talks between Armenia and Azerbaijan have continued. As Secretary Blinken said, peace is achievable in the South Caucasus. We recently expressed appreciation of Prime Minister Pashinyan's commitment to peace, and we welcome President Aliyev's recent remarks on consideration of amnesty. The statement read, this is a, a new level of both sides and where it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, as we said at the top, the statement created uh, quite a stir uh, in Armenia. In response, Armenia's foreign ministry called on the U.S. to adequately respond to Aliyev's remarks based on its own values of democracy and human rights protection and its commitment and involvement in the establishment of lasting peace in the region in order to prevent the expansionist policy of the Azerbaijani leadership toward the sovereign territory of Armenia and attempts of ethnic cleansing in Artsakh. According to Foreign Ministry spokesperson Ani Badalian, the statements made by the President of Azerbaijan on May 28 did not only not offer dignified solutions, but contained clear threats to the sovereignty and independence of the Republic of Armenia and the rights of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh to live in security and with dignity in their homeland. Artsakh's foreign ministry said that the statements made by the State Department caused disappointment in Artsakh. According to Stepan Agert, it is inexplicable how anything positive could be found in Aliyev's remarks, the main message of which was the refusal of Azerbaijan from an equal dialogue with the democratically elected authorities of Artsakh and the desire to impose their own authority on the people of Artsakh by force. According to the ministry, the encouragement of Baku's destructive and belligerent policy runs counter to the desire to achieve positive developments in the peaceful settlement of the conflict. Well, will the international community be okay with the citizen of Artsakh, may it be the president or a parliament member, just submitting themselves and mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness from Azerbaijan? Amnesty. Would, uh, amnesty. <laughs> uh, how, how will this work I have in, no idea. in a civilized, modern, international community? Well, well, we have to assume that there is a civilized, modern, international community. This week, Armenia Security Council Secretary Armin Grigorian participated in a panel discussion with Hikmet Hajiev, assistant of the President of the Republic of Azerbaijan in Bratislava, with the framework of Globsec 2023 Bratislava Forum. During the panel, Grigorian presented Armenia's position on the negotiations with Azerbaijan, calling on Baku to refrain from maximalist aspirations and emphasizing the need for a constructive approach. Grigorian said that while Armenia recognizes Azerbaijan's territorial integrity, President Aliyev has not said that Azerbaijan recognizes Armenia's territorial integrity as well. Moreover, Aliyev's uh, recent statements are concerning for Armenia as Baku's threatening Yerevan to do as it wishes or it will use force to draw the borders. Hajiev welcomed Armenia's recognition of Azerbaijan's territorial integrity, noting that Armenia finally understands what territorial integrity means. And on the backdrop of talks and 
and negotiations between Army and Azerbaijan, Baku continues to accuse Army and Artsakh of violating the ceasefire. And on side note, this is from a very strong positions that they have. <laughs> well, on May 30, Artsakh's Defense Army reported that Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire on the northern and eastern parts of the line of contact using firearms and mortars. Yesterday, Russia's Defense Ministry said in its daily communication that Azerbaijan violated the ceasefire in the direction of Martakert. This week, Prime Minister Pashinyan received Paul Gavin, the first deputy chair of the PACE Committee on Migration, Refugees, and Displaced Persons. Gavin arrived in Armenia on a fact-finding mission to prepare a report on ensuring free and safe access through the Lachin Corridor. During the meeting, Pashinyan noted that the Azerbaijani side has stopped. Gas and electricity supplies from Armenia to Nagorno-Karabakh and food is being transported only through the assistance of peacekeepers. On May 26, Pashinyan met with the U.S. Senior Advisor for Caucasus Negotiations and co-chair of the OSC Minsk Group, Louis Bono. They discussed the process of normalization of relations between Army and Azerbaijan due to humanitarian crisis in Nagorno-Karabakh and the blockade of the Lachin Corridor by Azerbaijan, addressing the rights and security issues of the people of Nagorno-Karabakh under the internationally guaranteed dialogue mechanism. Bono also met with Foreign Minister, Armenia's Foreign Minister, Arat Mirzoyan, a Security Council, Secretary Armin Grigorian before coming to Yerevan. Bono was in Baku where he reiterated Washington's support for the peace process between the two countries. And this week, Armenian Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan congratulated Recep Tayyip Erdogan on his re-election as the president of Turkey on Twitter on Sunday, shortly after the release of official election results that showed Erdogan winning over 52% of the vote. The Armenian-Turkish settlement process has recorded a setback in recent weeks due to the installation of the Nemesis Monument in Yerevan. Turkey banned transit flights of Armenian airlines through its airspace, warning of new consequences if the statue is not dismantled. Turkey has for decades made the opening of the border and the establishment of diplomatic relations with Armenia conditional on an Armenian-Azerbaijani peace deal acceptable to Azerbaijan. Turkish leaders have repeatedly reaffirmed this precondition since the start of the normalization talks with Yerevan in January 2022. And just as we're recording this podcast, we found out that Erdogan has invited uh, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan to his inauguration ceremonies, and, and Pashinyan has said that he will attend. And speaking of diplomatic relations, or trying to establish diplomatic, re-establish maybe at, in this case, on May 31, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan received the Deputy Prime Minister of uh, Hungary, Pashinyan, welcomed the restoration of bilateral diplomatic relations between the two countries. The Deputy Prime Minister of Hungary emphasized the interest of the Hungarian government to develop and expand cooperation with Armenia. The parties underscored the need to promote cooperation in a number of fields, including economy, tourism, culture, and education. In that regard, steps aimed at restoring direct air traffic between Yerevan and Budapest were also discussed. They also touched upon issues of regional and international importance. And just to recap, relations were severed after the murder of Gurgen Markarian at the hands of Ramil Safarov. That happened in Hungary. However, Hungary extradited Safarov back to Azerbaijan, who received a hero's welcome. Mm -hmm. And uh, since then, Armenia stopped diplomatic relations to resume right now. Well, an official visit of the Hungarian foreign minister to Armenia is expected in the near future, and Armenia's ambassador to Georgia, Ashut Sambatyan, was also appointed as ambassador to Hungary. His seat, however, will remain in Tbilisi. 
This week, Defense Minister Suren Babikian received the ambassador of Kazakhstan to Armenia and the newly appointed defense attaché. The parties discussed defense cooperation between the two countries as well as possibilities on how to expand it. And in local news, or not so local, <laughs> an international search warrant was announced for former police officer Vartan Rugasian by Interpol. Armenia's police announced an international search for Rugasian on May 26, who is known for his profanity-filled uh, broadcasts. Rugasian is also the chair of the Public Voice Party in Armenia. The investigative committee accuses the former police officer of extortion, contempt of court, and public calls for violence against different public figures. Yeah, he's also known uh, in Armenia as Dog, if I'm not mistaken, yes. and a lot of people watch his uh, YouTube show. Well, he has more of an audience than we do. So. <laughs> That's for sure. It well, just goes to show you. Well, law enforcement officers say that Hugasian demanded $110,000 from businessman Dikran Arsakhantsian, otherwise he would publish damaging information about Arsakhantsian and his wife during one of his broadcasts. Arsakhantsian did not pay the money, instead he turned to law enforcement. And according to the investigation, Hugasian also demanded $6,200,000 from the representative of one of the nightclubs in Yerevan in exchange for not exposing information about the club. Gassian's party members and close associates are also facing criminal charges and are also accused of extorting money. Well, on to my next favorite person, former member of parliament and well-known businessman. There should be a disclaimer, Maria, no. that you cannot read any news about Miram Borosian. <laughs> well, you know, well. it is what it is. I have the microphone, so there you go. Well, Miram Borosian, as I said, is a former MP uh, who used to be the head of the Compulsory Enforcement Service of Armenia. He has been declared wanted by the National Security Service for importing one ton of cocaine to Armenia. Just as a side note, Borosian is also a citizen of Russia, and he's currently in Russia, you know, far away from the action. Well, on May 17, the National Security Service seized one ton of cocaine smuggled into Armenia in boxes of fruit. A day earlier, 2.7 tons of cocaine were seized in Italy, bound for Armenia. Almost a week after this announcement, Armenia's security service also revealed the name of the company, Merkeni, which is owned by Borosian. Several company officials have also been arrested. And just as a reminder, Borosian was, you know, included in the that huge investigation called the Panama Papers, um, that head here, along with uh, the Global Journalism Network, had revealed. But, but your dislike happened. of him comes from, if I remember, how he exploited the mothers yes. of fallen soldiers yes. back After in the, the day. After the 2016 four-day four war. war, yeah. Yeah, during his campaign. It was absolutely disgusting, and I have no problem saying it, actually. And the deputy commander-in-chief of the technical sector of a military unit of the defense ministry allegedly received a bribe from a conscript soldier's father in the amount of 605,000 Armenian drums in order to use his influence to appoint a soldier as a driver in the same military unit. Along with the commander-in-chief, another intermediary of the bribe and the father of the conscript have been charged, a former to are in pretrial detention. And this is such a common story from way back as this used to happen so often. But it still happens, clearly. It still happens. Well, on happier news, perhaps, <laughs> not for sure, last weekend we held the second annual EVN Media Fest in Yerevan. It was a fantastic three days of really intense discussions, 
workshops, portfolio reviews. We had exhibitions. We had over 16, uh, not over, <laughs> we had 16 journalists from all over the world, from India, Sweden, Lithuania, Finland, help me out, Rubina, UK, the United States. Well, uh, over 16, if we count all the people, photographers and journalists who participated in the, the portfolio, portfolio so about 20 uh, yeah. all in total, including local journalists and editors and media practitioners at uh, Cinema House. We had hundreds and hundreds of people come, and it was a really great opportunity to showcase the work that journalists do, that investigative journalists do, that visual artists, you know, visual storytelling, all of that. We wrapped it up, and we're already preparing for the one next year. And for everyone who came, Thank you so much for coming and for all those who sent us notes or calls uh, after the festival. It really means a lot to us and uh, we hope that it, no, not that we hope, it will become an annual event here in Armenia. And this weekend is the kickoff of Winefest. This evening, actually. This evening. Yeah, all of Sarian Street, all the way up to our office will be closed and you can go and taste Armenian wines and have a pretty good time, I think, despite all the difficulties. Despite reading all all that all of we this, read today, that's right. Yeah, but it's a, it's a strange reality we work in and live in. And somebody the other day was telling us, you know, it's weird. I come from the diaspora, and I, you know, in the diaspora, we're like always sort of on pins and needles, and we come and we see people are living and working. And I said, that's what we have to do. We have to continue to live and work harder than ever. And if we all do our jobs well, hopefully things will get better. And that's the kind of week it's been. So thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend. And Rubina and I will not be here next week. We will have two really good interns reading the news. We'll, we'll be in Tbilisi at another festival. And Anna and Sona will be reading the news. The news. I, I love doing the festival because that week we don't have to read the news. <laughs> and then next week is a good week as well. <laughs> right, we're going to the Zeg Storytelling Festival and we're going to be on a panel. So anyway, have a great week. <laughs>